0: Excited to be here on this episode of Monetizing Your Mental Capital. Very excited. I have Dale Hopkins here. Dale, who are you with? I'm Dale Hopkins, and I'm with Vendasta. I'm the chief technology officer, and I've been here for 13 years. Beautiful. So, Dale, I met you and several of the guys here at Vendasta last night at a raging party. How many people did you plan on coming, and how many people actually showed up? I think they were saying it was, what was it, 125 that were supposed to be there? Oh, I think we ended up inviting 350,
1: but the original plan, I think, was 125.
0: So, I mean, that's good. Yeah, it was a raging party. We, we thoroughly enjoyed it. And, and right before we started recording, we were talking a little bit about home. Where are you from, and uh, why is that interesting today? Well, I'm from Saskatoon,
1: Saskatchewan. And so, that's the middle of Canada, for those that have probably not heard of that. And yesterday, I think it hit the dial at, with a wind chill of minus 55, that's Celsius. And in Fahrenheit, I think that's minus 60. So that, that is pretty cold, but I mean, hey, it's not like that every day.
0: <laughs> cold, but you know, it, that's the way it rolls. And you said you enjoy it there. Your wife, you, you were just showing me a picture where there was like four inches of, of snow sna- stacked up against wow. the door, right? Yeah. You open the door in the morning and that's how you know how much time
1: you're going to have to invest to get the cars and everything out of the driveway before you get to work. So it's the season where you got to wake up a little bit early every day just to make sure you got time for all that.
0: <laughs> I live in Utah uh, here in the United States, and it's kind of funny because the first snowstorm, everyone's like, oh, I forgot how to drive in the snow. And what, you just yourself? drive around. It's like, what the heck is going on out here? And then the hilarious thing is anywhere where they don't get snow a lot, two inches of snow will shut down the whole of sti- uh, the whole city. In Utah, it's got to be like three or four feet of snow before they shut anything down. H- how much is it over there? Well, it's like uh, it it's, since it's so cold, the snow's a lot
1: different. And so my parents actually live on the east coast in Halifax. And if you get into there, it's interesting because you can shovel by hand like I don't know a foot of snow, no problems in Saskatchewan because it's light, it's dry. It's one of those things. Whereas in Halifax, two inches of snow, you need a snowblower because that stuff it's like shoveling pea gravel, right? Like it's heavy. So I think it's different in the coastal cities. But yeah, I agree. It's like the first day everybody's in an accident. That's just how it goes,
0: right? There are some amazing videos just of people like taking hills and stuff. You're like, oh, that hill was not like you should have stayed home that day. It it was not a good idea. Well, tell me a little bit more about when Vendasta does. So Vendasta, I mean,
1: in terms of this conference, we're really the back office for a lot of agencies. And so this is going to be the stuff that helps you do billing. This is going to be the things that help you do CRM. This is going to be the stuff that even helps salespeople with uh, email cadences and some of those things, along with also providing products to sell to the small business. But I think the biggest thing that we do for most agencies is a lot of agencies are going to be selling their own services, right? And so the Vendasta platform kind of helps you flesh out the products and the other thing, and maybe some other services to complement that so that you can offer a more full picture to the clients. And so that's a large portion of what we do, but we do all the technology side of that. And so really it's to make it so as an agency, you can focus on providing better service to your
0: customers. Gotcha. So uh, on monetizing your mental capital, one of the things we like to ask about is trying to send you back to the first time you monetized mental capital, meaning you went out and sold a service or you, a lot of people talk about lemonade stands as kids. Can you remember the first time that you actually monetized mental capital growing up? Well, I mean the thing that comes to mind is maybe
1: not as much of a growing up tale, but you know, I'd gotten out of school. I took an engineering physics degree and I'd worked for a company in the cable space, so like digital this was in 2005. And so this is when they're, the US is transitioning to digital cable, which is something that's kind of funny nowadays, right? To think about. But I worked in a group that basically did chips and analysis for MPEG-2 transport, which is the the digital video standard they were using. And so then, after 3 years of that, I decided to start my own consulting company. And so me and a couple of other engineers decided to do this. And so then, I mean, selling service is literally what we did. And we, a couple of us came from different industries, but selling like basically custom software, was what we did. And so did that for three and a half years. And uh, so I learned a lot about selling service at that time. And again, you know, I don't even think back to the lemonade stand and stuff. To me, that's like just the first thing that
0: pops up because it was real and it was all at once. And you took that entrepreneurial leap, love that you took it on a service. If you think back to that time and you could make a phone call to that version of yourself who is about to take that leap into the service world, what would be one piece of advice you'd give him around like, hey, if you're going to sell a service or you're going to sell a software, make sure that you, what would you tell him to do differently?
1: I would say that for me, I chose to start a company with two other software engineers. I would say bring a salesperson or bring a marketer or bring like a diversity of skill sets, right? I'm lucky. I mean, this is one of the times I'm lucky. I come from a family of accountants, so I didn't have any problems getting the accounting part of our business figured out, but selling's hard. And that's something that I'd never done before. And it's one of those things that if you could have somebody that had that skill set, that would have fundamentally changed you know, the outcomes
0: of that business. And since that was a challenge, what did you do to overcome? Where did you find those? Did you go find a sales guy to join the team or what did you do to learn to sell? read a lot of books and made a lot of phone calls, showed
1: up to a lot of networking and conference events. And I guess the pavement, as they say, did that a lot. That wasn't my passion for it, but uh, you know, it it ended up being a thing, but it's like the hard part is that I think as a business owner, we always try to describe the stats that like there's your skill and what you came to the business to like, what is your special differentiator? And you end up spending a, a small portion of your time on that. And so I guess like thinking back to having a dedicated resource would have been just being able to spend more of the time at this stuff that I'm really great at, as opposed to the stuff that I can do, right? And so I describe sales as like, I'm not a gifted salesperson. I can do it, but I mean, you know, that's an opportunity cost there, right?
0: Love it. So if you were in a mode where you're kind of considering this idea of services, or you're considering this idea of software, had you, you know, had this opportunity to reconsider and say, you know what, I'm going to bring on somebody who actually has that skill set would you have given up equity to bring in that sort of an individual early on? Yeah, I don't think you have a lot of other option. I mean, I'm not
1: independently wealthy, so cash isn't really on the table. And I suspect, I mean, there's lots of stuff you can do around commission, but you're a startup. So at some level, I mean, this is the most exciting part is some of your early reps in a group like that or your first VP of sales or whoever, you do still have a lot of equity to play with. And so that's something that, you know, maybe at the, (laughs) I don't know, I always think that entrepreneurs tend to overvalue equity early on. And at some level, it's like it's extremely valuable to use that early on. That's your number one piece of capital. And so again, if you can get some salespeople, it it, it pays back later because you'll find that like late stage companies, they often have this bimodal distribution of sales experience, which is early salespeople where they have big equity and they're still there. And then there's the nukes reps, right? But there's this gap in the middle, which is once the equity, you don't have the ability to give as much there's this real hard point to get back to like, well, now we can comp at a level that is really competitive. And so you're going to find that early on, like you probably can't comp at the right levels from a cash perspective, but you can comp at an equity level. And that's also going to find you that scrappy person that's in it, you know, for the
0: long haul. I love it. That's fantastic. And if you were to share one tip, trick, book, or piece of advice that you've come across over the last year, that's helped you shift your mindset at work, and obviously you work at a SaaS company, and there are some services you guys offer as well. Tell me, what book, tip, trick, or otherwise would you share with the audience? Oh, I guess I always find that, like, have you ever read Fred Kaufman,
1: his Conscious Business? I think that this is just like the best book I've ever read from a, let's say, a nonfiction perspective. It's not directly about SaaS. It's about how you think about work and how you think about your life and choosing, I think, the person that you want to be. I think it's a. I think it's just a really great book to think about. You know, setting your values, and a big part of this is about commitment management, and you know, striving to be what the word he uses that I like is impeccable. And so, I would describe that as like probably my favorite book that I read. This oh, I don't know, four years ago, I think. And for me, it's like I continue coming back to most books I read are like oh yeah, Fred talked about that.
0: I love it. That's definitely one I'm going to look up. Uh, usually, when I when I ask that question. I'm fishing for myself as well, and, and that's one I'm definitely putting on my list. So, appreciate you joining us. If listeners want to reach out, what's the best way to get in touch?
1: I'm on the Vindasta website. I'm easy to find, dhopkins at Vindasta.com.
0: That's my email. I'm also easy to find on uh, LinkedIn or Twitter, Dale Hopkins. Beautiful. Thanks for coming on the show.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.